Welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Linton podcast, coming to you from the Goat Locker Studio in Sevierville, Tennessee. Be sure and check us out and like us on Facebook and Instagram, and follow us on Telegram as well as on the website of libertyleadershipandlies.com. You can subscribe to notifications on the website to follow the blog there. If you would like to contact the show, just send an email to Larry at libertyleadershipandlies.com. Again, that is Larry at libertyleadershipandlies.com. Now, on to the episode. Liberty. If you look around our republic today, you will see that our liberty, our freedoms, are under constant attack. Everywhere. On multiple fronts. What is so disheartening to see, though, is that the chief attacker on our liberty are our own governments, local, state, and federal. These governments that were formed, as stated in our Declaration of Independence, instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Now, these governments get their consent through our apathy, or through bribery, or coercion. In support of these constant attacks by our government is the fourth estate, the media, in addition to Hollywood celebrities, the elite. So let's talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial that concluded last week, and concluded with a correct verdict. Leading up to his trial, this 18-year-old boy was called everything under the moon. So many lies were, and knowingly, spread by the media. Now, just why would the media spread these lies in the year prior to the trial? Remember, folks, always ask the why. The facts were out there for all to see, so why would the media knowingly push these lies? Well, it was for two purposes. The first being to taint the jury pool. The media saw it as their job to put in the mind of everybody that Kyle Rittenhouse was a murdering white supremacist that deserved to go to jail for the rest of his life. If that narrative is constantly pushed on the public in the months leading up to the trial, it will always be in the back of everybody's mind, even those selected to serve on the jury in this case. Those actually selected for service on the jury will state they can judge the facts impartially, but they will always have the months of the narrative being pushed onto them by the propaganda arm of the new aristocracy. While a lie repeated a thousand times is still a lie, the message can be firmly implanted into people's brains, so it can have an impact on those persons' decisions. That is the primary reason for pushing this narrative. They, the media, wanted to guide all potential jurors to their desired outcome. Heck, even our usurper-in-chief called him a white supremacist while he was campaigning, mostly from his basement, in the run-up to the 2020 presidential election. In fact, nearly every Democrat had stated that since the event happened in August of last year. Now, let's all take the 30,000-foot look at this situation. We have an 18-year-old boy, 17 years old at the time, with the full force of one of the two major political parties, and it's the political party that wants to defund the police, by the way, which would make situations like the one Kyle found himself in very commonplace. Anyway, the Democrats, and a very compliant media, 
and the local government were coming down on Kyle Rittenhouse with all the force they can muster. Lost in all the noise being pushed by the prosecutor, the media, and the Democrat politicians is the fact that we do not know if Kyle Rittenhouse was ever offered a plea deal. Maybe we'll find out in the future, but there is no reports of one ever being offered, which is strange in itself. Prosecutors are much more likely to get a guilty conviction using plea agreements, and the statistics on this is staggering as well. In the federal judicial system alone, only 2% of cases go to trial, while almost 98% of criminal convictions are obtained through plea agreements. So the first reason of every single one of the lies we all heard for more than a year was to taint the jury pool and to sway public opinion against the young man. Listen to this clip and how many times the same lie or a couple of different ones were repeated over and over. Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, the vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, the armed teenage vigilante. A 17-year-old vigilante, arguably a domestic terrorist, picked up a rifle, drove to a different state to shoot people. Kyle Rittenhouse, a guy who's deeply racist, went with weapons to a Black Lives Matter protest, looking to get in trouble. He did. He murdered a couple of people. Rittenhouse, uh, the 17-year-old kid, just running around shooting and killing protesters. You see the 17-year-old who was radicalized by Trumpism took his AR-15 to Kenosha and became a killer. A white, Trump-supporting, MAGA-loving, Blue Lives Matter, social media uh, uh, partisan, 17 years old, picks up a gun, drives from one state to another with the intent to shoot people. A 17-year-old boy who drove across state lines with an AR-15 and started uh, shooting people up, including a guy with a skateboard. Kyle Rittenhouse, who has killed protesters, unarmed protesters. Rittenhouse, a 17-year-old that went with a weapon into the middle of uh, protests uh, and then provoked people and then shot and killed them. Kyle Rittenhouse is the enemy. A boy from out of state drives up to the state with an AR-15 around his neck, shoots and kills a couple of people, Uh, shooting wildly, running around, uh, acting like... uh, We get vigilante, or we get he purchased a gun and brought it across state lines. Well, apparently borders matter between states, but not countries, right? That montage of left-wing media elites is what we heard over and over and over for the past 14 months or so, right? The lie that Kyle brought a firearm across state lines When the truth was known about that AR-15 from the beginning? Or that he was a vigilante just traveling to that community looking for trouble? The media never reported that Kyle's father lived in Kenosha, meaning that Kyle spent a lot of time there, and it was his community. And that fact was known well before the trial. He didn't go to Kenosha looking for trouble. He went to help his community. And he needed protection from the rioters in Kenosha. Vigilantes don't travel to clean up graffiti, render first aid to people, or put out dumpster fires. Also, there weren't truly peaceful protesters in Kenosha, like the media reported all of 2020. They were the mostly peaceful protesters that burned cities to the ground over the summer of 2020. Our national media lied to all of us, repeatedly and forcefully, and they lied to take away this young man's liberty. After all, if you control the narrative... You control the language. You get the outcome you desire. 
Control of the narrative and language allows you to solidify your hold on power. Now let's get to the second reason for all of the lies. And this is the most insidious reason too. The first reason or purpose behind the lie was to deny one person their liberty. The second reason is to deny you and I and every American our constitutionally protected right to keep and bear arms. While the Second Amendment protects our God-given inalienable right to defend ourselves, its true intention was to provide the citizens the ability to overthrow a tyrannical government or to keep a government veering towards tyranny in check. By putting a citizen's right to self-defense on trial, a win would allow the government to restrict further than they already unconstitutionally have done our right to keep and bear arms, especially those mean-looking AR-15s. Just go into social media and look at the reaction from some of the so-called media elite to the verdict. They do not hide the fact that they do not want anybody, except for themselves or their security details, to have the right to purchase firearms for self-defense. We'll take Reese Witherspoon for an example. She sends out a tweet after the verdict that stated no one should be able to purchase a semi-automatic weapon, cross state lines and kill two people, wound another, and go free. That right there is the ultimate goal of everybody on the left. You and I are to be unarmed and subject ourselves to the whims of criminals and a tyrannical government. If every citizen is unarmed, what do you think the end result would be here in the United States of America? What would happen to our republic? Well, you only have to look around the world right now at those countries that prevent their citizens the inalienable right of self-defense. Australia or Austria... The list of countries is endless right now that are suppressing the liberty of their citizens. When the citizens are unarmed, criminals or tyrannical governments rule. And those two are often one and the same. Let's also not forget the top two people in the executive branch of the federal government's response to this verdict. Along with the usurper acknowledging the verdict in the trial and stating, quote, Look, I stand by what the jury has concluded. The jury system works and we have to abide by it. If he had just left it at that, he would have gone a long way to fulfilling his campaign promise of uniting and healing the country. But no. He went on in a written statement to say that the verdict, quote, will leave many Americans feeling angry and concerned, myself included, unquote. He is angry and concerned about the verdict. I get it. He is angry that this verdict will not help him in his and the Democratic Party's push to disarm every American citizen. That is the necessary goal in order to achieve the type of government they truly want. But the concerned part? It could be that he's concerned on two different angles. The first angle being that more jury trials like this will happen, where a citizen's right to self-defense is put on trial and the jury stands up to the woke mob further defeating the left's goals to disarm people. The second angle about being concerned is this. Maybe the old ice cream connoisseur is worried that his words and advertisements about a white supremacist and Kyle Rittenhouse will come back to bite him in a defamation case. The monetary damages could significantly cut into the big guy's 10% cut of Hunter's business dealings. Yep, I can see where old Dementia Joe would be concerned about that, Next, we have Heels Up Harris's response. What did she have to say? She said, quote, I'm disappointed in the verdict, I have to tell you. 
And she goes on, quote, I think it speaks for itself. But I have also spent the majority of my career focused on what we need to do to ensure that the criminal justice system is more fair and just, and we still have a lot of work to do. I would just like to take the audience back to the Democrat presidential debate at the end of July last year. That is when Tulsi Gabbard, I guess we can call her a Dino now, Democrat in name only, brought the fire when she discussed Heels Up's record as the Attorney General for the state of California. Tulsi revealed that Kamala put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. Tulsi also revealed that Montel Williams's short-term side chick blocked evidence that would have freed an innocent man from death row until the courts forced her to do so. Then Tulsi went on to reveal that downtown Willie Brown's protege kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. That is the type of fair and just criminal justicism that Vice President Harris built in the People's Republic of California during her time in office there. That is also the type of criminal justicism that she wants for the rest of the country now. Let's pause for a word from a supporter of this podcast. Are you looking for a vacation that offers excitement and peaceful tranquility? You can get both right here in East Tennessee. Sevierville, which is the home of Dolly Parton and the world-famous Dollywood, in addition to the many family-friendly attractions in Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, provide the fun and excitement to the tranquil backdrop of the beauty of the rivers, streams, waterfalls, hiking trails, and mountaintop views in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Sean Kelly and his family would love to encourage you to consider vacationing here at the Gateway to the Smoky Mountains. While there are several lodging companies you could choose from, Sean and his family have over 75 years of experience in the hospitality sector. If you are looking for a company with hometown values, where quality accommodations and cleanliness are paramount to your overall guest experience, look no further than Smoky Mountain Cabins of Tennessee. Book with confidence and be sure to tell the Kellys that you are their special guest to receive a 10% discount on reservations. Please be aware, though, that some restrictions do apply. So call now, toll-free at 866-289-8818. You can also look at their cabins online at www.smcabinstn.com. So call now and book your vacation here in the Smoky Mountains with Sean and the Smoky Mountain Cabins of Tennessee staff. They are experts in creating mountain memories one stay at a time. Once again, the number is 866-289-8818 and the website is www.smcabinstn.com. As always, remember to let the Kellys know that you heard about them here on this podcast when you're booking your vacations here in the Smoky Mountains. Now, here's why I think that the verdict was not only a good thing for the rule of law, but also for conservatism. It should also help in identifying those fake conservatives out there or those trans-publicans. As conservatives, we are committed to textualism and originalism concerning the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Did you know that the Bill of Rights has more words in it on jury trials than any other topic? Did you also know that it, trial by jury, is the only right mentioned in the Bill of Rights and in the body of the Constitution. So you may wonder why I brought up plea bargains earlier. Well, in contrast to jury trials, there is not one single word about plea bargaining in the Constitution. Do you want to know why? 
Well, the founders completely understood what a terrible business it is for agents of the government, meaning prosecutors and judges, to elicit confessions. The founding fathers would not have any illusions about the impossibility of policing the line between permissible inducements and unconstitutional coercion. Thomas Jefferson told Thomas Paine that, quote, I consider the trial by jury as the only anchor ever yet imagined by man by which a government can be held up to the principles of its constitution, unquote. Along with just about everything else, Thomas Jefferson is right about that. And just ask anybody that was exonerated during a jury trial, including Kyle Rittenhouse, if Thomas Jefferson was right about that. But back to the reasons behind the barrage of media, Hollywood elite, and Democrat Party lies about Kyle Rittenhouse and his actions that fateful night in Kenosha in August of 2020. Their reaction to the verdict is telling. It's never about the rule of law, but of emotion, their emotion. And always with lies sprinkled in as well. You have people like George Takai on Star Trek fame tweeting out this, quote, Justice denied is a body blow to our national psyche. On trial was not only a killer, but a system that continues to kill. Today, that system defeated true justice once again. But mark these words, we will never stop fighting for what is right and just. Unquote. What does he mean, justice was denied? A verdict from a jury trial is the highest form of human justice we have. What he actually means is his preferred outcome was denied. The verdict is true justice. And not the left, which means where juries can be intimidated into providing a verdict that leaves them safe from the chaos-driven woke mobs that surround our courthouses today. Or how about this response from the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, the original poopy-pants politician, the not-so-honorable Jerry Nadler. That clown tweeted out this, and I quote, This heartbreaking verdict is a miscarriage of justice and sets a dangerous precedent which justifies federal review by the DOJ. Justice cannot tolerate armed persons crossing state lines looking for trouble while people engage in First Amendment protected protest. Unquote. Wow, there is so much to unpack in that tweet. And a tweet from a supposed lawyer and somebody selected to serve as the chair of the House Judiciary Committee. We can also not forget that he has been a member of the new aristocracy since 1977 when he was first elected to the New York State Assembly. 44 years, two generations of stealing American sweat equity, their liberty. And we've all been witness to his abuse of that position for the past few years, haven't we? First, he was vehemently opposed to impeachment in 1998, but pushed through two bogus impeachments in the 2019 and 2020. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Anyway, even after all the evidence was heard by anybody paying attention to the trial, he continues the lie of crossing state lines with a firearm. And also the lie that he was looking for trouble. Yep, cleaning up graffiti, rendering first aid, and putting out fires in your community is looking for trouble. That is only looking for trouble in the eyes of people hell-bent on a verdict that will enable them to manipulate public opinion and put into place more restrictions on every American's right of self-defense. 
Also, he closed with that phrase, while people engage in First Amendment-protected protest. Let's review what the First Amendment actually states. Here it is. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. The part that states peaceably to assemble definitely rules out rolling trash dumpsters on fire towards gas stations. And that is why the left always states mostly peaceful in their coverage of riots across the nation last year. Somehow, using mostly peaceful, that justifies the protest that resulted in billions of dollars of damage and the loss of life and property. Now get this. This is a response by an institution of higher learning in our country that, if it wasn't so sad, would be completely laughable. Fitchburg State University in Massachusetts put up a bunch of segregated by race spaces on their campus for people to process the verdict. In its announcement of these spaces, the university's Center for Diversity and Inclusiveness also stated that Jacob Blake was killed. Hmm. Of course, the protests and riots happening in Kenosha that evening were over the police shooting of Jacob Blake, a convicted felon who was going for a weapon when confronted by the police. But those facts that are often left out of the narrative. Social media platforms are inundated with rage from the left over this verdict, just as they were inundated by the manufactured rage by the media, Hollywood elites, and politicians since the shooting happened. No, absolutely zero evidence has been put into the public square that would justify Kyle Rittenhouse being labeled as a white supremacist. In fact, one of the hosts of a show on MSNBC, and that should clue you in right there, after the verdict, still calls Kyle Rittenhouse, quote, a little murderous white supremacist. Well, murder is actually a legal term of which Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty. And this goes along with the white supremacist lie. That, right there, what she said, is the textbook definition of slander or defamation. Well, it's an example of those two. The actual definition of slander is the action or crime of making a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation. And the definition of defamation is the oral or written communication of a false statement about another that unjustly harms their reputation. The MSNBC host, by virtue of her position, is a public figure. And Kyle Rittenhouse is now also a public figure. So I cannot wait for the slander or defamation lawsuits to be filed against every public figure that called Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist without evidence, that called him a murderer after his exoneration, that called him a vigilante, that stated he crossed state lines with the AR-15 despite the evidence to the contrary that was available to everybody in the public since the beginning. These new aristocrats, their media enablers, and their Hollywood enablers need to pay for their actual crimes of slander. It needs to be made very expensive for those on the left to wrongly accuse somebody of being a murderer being a white supremacist, or being a vigilante, etc., etc. They need to be made to pay, and pay heavily. 
Let's pause for a word from another supporter of this podcast. For all my listeners that live in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, I want to give a huge shout out to one of my all-time favorite car mechanics and longtime good friend, Glenn Moser. He is a supporter of this podcast and the owner-operator of Professional Auto, located at 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha, in Virginia Beach. Phone number is 757-962-0102. Not only is Glenn an extremely talented mechanic, but he is also a great American and a staunch supporter of our constitutional rights. My family and I relied on Glenn and Professional Auto for all of our vehicle needs when we lived in the Hampton Roads, Virginia area. Quality work at a fair price and service with a smile are what you will receive when you take your vehicle to Professional Auto. I encourage all my listeners there in the Hampton Roads area to look them up if your car needs work. Again, that is Professional Auto, 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and the phone number is 757-962-0102. Back on liberty and how our liberty is under constant attack. And the attacker is the institution formed to protect our liberty. Our government is emboldened by the fact that they use the media as their propaganda arm, which the media goes along with willingly. They willingly go along with it so they can be close to the seat of power when tyranny completely takes hold. The government is also emboldened by the celebrity class, the Hollywood elites, which also do the government's bidding with the messaging for the same reason the media does. They want to be close to the seat of power when tyranny takes hold. Although those two groups will try to leverage their past assistance in helping to achieve tyranny in order to continue with their seat at the table, they do not realize that once the tyrants achieve power, the entertainment and news media are the next to fall. But this is what I would like for you all to take away from Kyle Rittenhouse's arrest, his trial, and the verdict. Never, ever forget the lengths these people will go to so they can deny us our constitutionally protected God-given rights, especially the right of self-defense, the first law of nature and of nature's God. They will continuously lie about and seek to destroy anybody that exercises this right and any other right protected by our Constitution. They will especially go after anybody that exercises their Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms, and use those arms in defending themselves from the monsters created by the government, by the media, and by the Hollywood elites. Never forget what they did to that 17-year-old boy in the beginning of this saga, and what they are now doing to this 18-year-old young man, now that a verdict was handed down that runs counter to their narrative. Do not forget that our elected representatives from the highest levels of our government have lied about that young man from the start of this sad tale and are continuing to lie about him, all in their efforts to deny each of us our right of self-defense, to deny us the right to keep and bear arms. That constitutionally protected God-given right is the only thing standing between their plans to radically transform our country from a constitutional republic to an oligarchy controlled by socialists and communists. If they will do this to a 17-year-old boy, do not doubt they will do it to you and I if ever we find ourselves in the same circumstances. Never forget that these politicians, 
news media personalities and celebrities stood on the side of a pedophile, a wife beater, and a convicted criminal in possession of a firearm. Never forget that they also called the pedophile, the wife beater, and the felon heroes in a tale meant to change people's opinion of a 17-year-old boy that was defending himself against those criminals. These usurpers of our liberty need to be made to suffer financial ruin for their slander and defamation. They need to be called out for their lies about this young man and the reasons behind the lies. These people want to make you and I defenseless in the face of the woke mob they created. They want to remove our ability to exercise our rights to defend ourselves against the tyrannical overreach of a government that was originally put into place to secure those same rights. It does not matter to them that they seek to ruin the lives and reputations of young boys to do it either. Whether you're a young man on a field trip to our nation's capital or a young man helping to clean up his community in the aftermath of riots they encouraged, it does not matter to them. The only thing that matters to them is power. They want power to control every aspect of our lives. In order to achieve that power, they must chip away and completely remove our liberties. They will weaponize every aspect of our government and media in order to shut us down and silence us. Here's a question for you. Which is more of an example of a constitutionally protected First Amendment right? Confronting school boards at public meetings with their approved divisive and sexually explicit curriculums? Or burning down businesses and assaulting or killing innocent bystanders? To the left, the first is considered domestic terrorism because it is citizens reclaiming their role in the consent of the governed government we have. Also to the left, the second, the burning, the assaulting, and the killing is a means to an end. That end being tyrannical control by the government over every aspect of our lives. Never forget the lessons that this trial gave to us, we the people. Our government hates us and is working very hard with their allies in the media and in Hollywood to achieve complete domination over our lives and the lives of all of our children. Before we close the show, I would like to leave you with this from God's Word. 2 Timothy 1.7 For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. We need to show the new aristocracy that we are not timid. Our government and their allies have mistaken our apathy for timidity. It is time to shake off that apathy and be the people of power, love, and self-discipline that our Creator made us to be. Until next week, Stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.